0: So, there's some of you here for the first time, huh? for the first class. Huh? Welcome to you all. <clears throat> so, it's incumbent upon me to give you a warning that if you stay in sat yoga, you're going to OD. <laughs> And I'll encourage you to do that. In fact, there are seven ways to O.D. inside yoga. It's important to know this. The first way you'll end up ODing is you'll find that you begin to omit delusions. You can turn this light on if that will help people as well. Most people live with many different delusions that limit their lives. Many different ways in which you create a false sense of weakness or fear or some belief that creates a barrier to what is possible for you. And all of those barriers of possibility can fall very easily when you simply stay centered in who you are. And you will see there is no obstacle, whether it's to healing a serious disease or to breaking through to greater levels of emotional intelligence or any kind of intelligence or uh, success in creative expression and in any area of life that you are called to. And that whatever delusional fantasies create addictions, or obsessions, or some other kind of neurotic tendency, these will fall away very quickly through the practice of meditation. You're not stuck with it. It's important to know that because there are some groups, like 12-step groups, that say, oh, you're always an alcoholic. If you were ever an alcoholic, you're always. Not true. Whatever tendencies you have are temporary and they can fall away and the purity of your real self is divine and without limit as to its capacity to die to its old sense of what it was and be reborn without any trace of the old. So it's important to omit those delusional beliefs at the beginning that would hold you back from realizing your infinite potential. Is everyone willing to do that? Are you willing to OD in that way? Second way you OD by learning to offer devotion. Most of us have become very cynical about religion, and about legitimacy of any authority, or even the existence of God, or any of that. And for good reason. But we have thrown the baby out with the bathwater in that we've lost our innate devotion, or at least we've suppressed our innate devotion to the God that is real, that is within, as well as the intelligence that has designed and sustains the universe. And by doing that, we've kept our heart closed. And the power of our heart's energy of love emerges in a state of devotion. Devotion is what realigns us with the universe so that the power of attraction will become manifest. But we have to be first attracted to the source of what is real in the universe for that source to feed us with grace and blessings. And our devotion to that true self is essential. And that is what nourishes us. Because the more devotion we give, the more love we receive. The more light, the more flow of divine energy, of shakti, moves through us. And people are afraid of overdosing on that light and that love. There is a terror of love. Because the more devoted you are, the more you find that the defense mechanisms that you created to protect yourself against others have to fall away. You become more vulnerable. You become more open, more transparent. But through that devotion, you are then able to speak truth. You are then able to act courageously and to triumph over all negative feelings, inner demons or outer ones, nothing will stop you in that state of devotion. And the more you offer, the more you get back. So I hope you're okay about ODing on that one as well. So you joined a drug cult. <laughs> third one is what you will learn as you become more wise and refined in your understanding of the nature of this plane of reality optimize distance this is one that's maybe sounds a little strange to some people But in our lives, the main problems we have is we're either too enmeshed with people, too close to them, in order to realize our own individuation. Uh, We need to realize that we are different from everyone in our lives, including our family of origin, and that that difference is okay. And that to be different from someone else is not to reject them. But to realize your differentness enables you then to recognize your unity. But if you're enmeshed by f- being forced to be part of some ego mass, whether it's of a family or a corporation or any other kind of subculture or, or, or any level of social organization, if you're too close, you won't be able to fulfill your own individual Heart's desire and understanding of what you are and what you think that may be different from what others think. You'll be part of the herd mentality. And when you're in the herd, then it becomes threatening to think differently. And so you need to have enough distance that it's okay to think for yourself. But not too much distance so you feel alienated and no longer part of your social group or community. You need to have that distance that enables you to be free, but free enough to then love freely. Not to hate, not to reject, but not to be pulled into some energy field that may be toxic either. And to know that you don't need people. You relate out of love and generosity and compassion, but not out of weakness and neediness. And so there's a, a time that will happen to you as a student of sat yoga when you'll begin to see that your old relationships start to unravel their bondages on you and you begin to drift apart. And then you may go too far apart and hate everybody in your life and that's not the answer either. But you need to know you're allowed to because only if you're allowed to hate can you then be free to love. If you can't say no, you can't really say yes. Does this make sense to people? So the optimal distance will be one in which you are free to be yourself, to offer help to people, but not to come under their thumb and lose your own freedom because other people demand that you be a certain way. Okay, so every relationship will then tend to change and each one will have its own optimal distance. And this is something you will have to discover, what it is in each case. And no one can tell you this. This is something you can't read in a book. It's something you will have to feel. What is the truth of this relationship? And sometimes you may find you want to come closer and should, but you're afraid to. And other times you may want to go become more distant, but you're afraid to. And then you must really palpate that fear and see whether it's genuine, is it a a guidance, or is it simply an obstacle to your freedom. But the more that you go through this process of meditation, the more you will discern the truth of what is the appropriate way of relating to everyone in your life. And those relationships will then become for the purpose of being a healing catalyst in the lives of others. You won't need to rebel, you won't need to cause trouble, you won't need to convert anyone else, and you won't need to hide or avoid. But you are there as a pillar of the world, a giver of truth, of love, of generosity in all ways, but without compromising your own principles. Does that make sense? That's an art and a skill, and it's learned over time. And often you have to make a number of mistakes before you are able to get it right, and don't beat yourself up over that. It's one of these things that isn't taught in most schools, but it's one of the central subjects that we study here. And so I hope you let yourself OD on this one as well, so that your life will become optimal. All right, then we'll get even stranger. The next one. Oblate Dharma. Oblate is a word that comes from medieval Catholicism, actually. It's a good word. It's from Old French, which means to offer oneself, to be an offering to the Dharma. The Dharma is, in a sense, the higher law. The law of God, the law of righteousness, the law of goodness, the law of the truth of your being and your relationship with all being, all of nature. Now it's not just your personal relationships, but your relationship with the higher power, that guides and governs your life and creates the karmic destiny and the whole field in which you live and the trajectory of your life that you may not be aware of, even of past lives and future lives. You live within a field of consciousness that transcends this moment in space and time. And by offering yourself to the higher dharma, the truth of the most righteous and holy and pure way of being in the world, you will be empowered to navigate your life in a way that will bring about the highest good for all, for the whole. It's a holocentric rather than an egocentric perspective on reality. And again, this is something that you learn through experience, and through coming up against your own boundaries, it will be a challenge to offer yourself to the Dharma because it will at times mean doing things you don't really want to do, going that extra mile, working overtime, you know, doing something that you don't even think you can do. As we say here very often, anything worth doing is worth doing badly. But you do it badly and by doing it badly you get better at it. And the only way you ever get good at anything is being willing to do it badly for a long time and then slightly less badly and slightly less until you become a virtuoso at whatever it is. But you have to be willing to learn from your mistakes and take the guidance of the sages, the most wise beings who have ever lived, who have been embodiments of the Dharma, the way of living of those who are in God consciousness, in the Buddha mind. And so every great religion has its dharma. But the kind of dharma you learn in Sunday school, like the Ten Commandments and all of that, they're too simplistic and superficial. They don't get to the nitty-gritty of life. So we have to go far more deeply into the subject of what is dharma. And what is the true ethical consideration or imperative in any given moment of our lives? That tells us which way to go. Until that becomes an intuitive knowing, not something you read in a book or something you download from the internet or get from any sacred text, but you, you find it in the book of your own heart, once it is in alignment with the law of what is real. And the more you give yourself as an offering to be used by God for God's purposes, thy will be done, the more that you become Christed, you become an embodiment, an avatar of that power. You become the living Dharma. And so this is what happens in the path of growth as you let go of ego and take on more of that vast consciousness that is your true self. And gradually your whole life is transformed by that. operationalize divinity. In the Christian context, this is called theosis. The whole purpose of religion is to become as gods, or as God, Christed, right? It's even said very often in Christianity, God became man so that man will learn to become as God, Right? This is what we're here to learn. We have to operationalize our divine nature. We are already as gods, but we have forgotten it. By falling into the humanness of the outer edges of the ego, we've forgotten the deep inner divine nature of our true being. And with that, we have lost the inherent nobility of our innermost self. That is fearless and is courageous and is truthful and is wise and is empowered and is able to persevere and endure and face everything in life, every challenge, and face death, and face and overcome and be victorious over any darkness, any negativity, any lack, any delusion that power to, to live as a divine being, as an angel, as a being who is here on God's service and who is empowered to do that, to fly through life without any kind of sense of lack or defect and without any arrogance, without this being appropriated by the ego, but in total humility, total clarity and truthfulness will bring these divine qualities of our nature to the fore as immediate, spontaneous ways that we will react. We won't have to premeditate it, we won't have to pretend or imitate God or, or do something in, in some artificial way. It is our real nature, but we have to be willing to operationalize it by surrendering to our divinity and taking off the mask of the ego and living in the truth of what we are. Again, it's something that happens over time. For most people, little by little, this gets operationalized. As we lose interest in the ego and its games, and we lose interest in the veils of not knowing and the ways in which we are dependent on others and the ways in which we betray ourselves, we lose interest, we get disgusted by all that and we want to find out what we are capable of. And then that thoroughbred total power within us emerges and then nothing can stop us from living a life of grace. So that's five, and I run out of room. But I suppose I should make room for six and seven. Number six, overcome. Did I overcome that error? In overcome duality. duality, the sense of multiplicity, the sense that you are some separate creature, shipwrecked in the world, (laughs) brought here against your will, thrown into some reality that you had no control over, and dealing with the impossibility of ever understanding anything, quantum physics, biology, computers, whatever feeling totally overwhelmed by the multiplicity and the complexity of the world. But all of that is an illusion. And at the heart of this infinite complexity is absolute simplicity. And that absolute simplicity yields to the understanding that all is one. And in that realization of the oneness, we are free of all of the stresses and the fears of lack and the sense of helplessness and impotence and disempowerment and all of those psychological chains that keep us from, uh, from bliss. And the sense of duality that produces the ego, that produces the limitation of the sense of who you are to a physical body and to a physical location in space and time, That's what creates all the stress of life. And when you realize that is an illusion, that is the ultimate delusion that needs to be omitted, but it's the last one you get to, it makes you literally one with the intelligence of the Supreme Being. And even though that may not make you a computer expert or a rocket scientist or a a brain surgeon or whatever, it will make you someone with the wisdom that will be able to literally save the world, to save the souls of people you meet and to bring healing and freedom to everyone in your life. The overcoming of the illusion of duality is the ultimate self-empowerment, that empowers everyone in your life because everyone is realized as an aspect of yourself. And all conflicts fall away when duality is overcome. And I would say that that is the ultimate purpose of going through this video game of life, is to realize that principle, that all of this was created for your enjoyment and that ultimately you created it. You created the situation in which you felt like a creature totally alienated from it all and wondering what the hell you're doing here. (laughs) And when you realize it, then you will realize you are here as the Messiah. Not true just for one, but true for everyone. And that messianic urge within us all is the urge to give infinite love and recognition of the divine unified nature of reality to everyone, to give that blessing of recognition to everyone in every moment, to empower everyone to accept their godhood and hold nothing back, wanting no advantage over anyone. Because any advantage you want becomes a disadvantage to yourself. And so that realization of non-duality makes one into that absolute, total, saint, sage, liberated being that came naked into the world and goes naked, but naked of all suffering, all lack, and filled with the light of God, the bliss of God. And we can have that now, not just at the end of our lives, if we choose to overcome duality. Which leads us then to the final one. Since I've run out of space already That's the final thing you're going to OD on. <laughs> it's not and when you overcome duality, that happens like that, because that's what we really are, is pure delight. And all of this is delightful. It's all perfect. It's all beautiful. And to live in that delight at every moment, so that nothing brings you down, nothing disturbs you, there's no pee under your mattress anymore, There's no obstacle to that bliss of being who you are and knowing that you are all that is. And the bliss of that total realization is available to you now, here and now. So, I hope you let yourself OD on this one more than all the others. But you have to let, have all the others to have that one. So, they're all intertwined. And there's nothing new or different about Sat Yoga. This is life, this is reality, anywhere and everywhere you go. And, you will face these challenges and this is the, the growth landmarks and passages that one must make to achieve freedom. But delight is what it's all for. So don't miss out on that. Okay, that's all I have to say. The floor is open if anyone has any comments.